Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, maybe we're going to get some drama in the Western Conference of the NBA after all. The Utah Jazz, even without Ricky Rubio, even without anybody, myself included, giving them a chance at all, Double-digit road underdogs against the Houston Rockets. Suddenly, unexpectedly, out of kind of nowhere, go on the road and look a lot like they did in the first series against the Oklahoma City Thunder when they pulled off an upset in Game 2. Now, I told you I liked the Jazz plus 11 in this game, but I did not think there was any way imaginable that they were going to upset the Houston Rockets on the road. And now there's an awful lot of drama in this series because the Jazz won and the Houston Rockets sounded like they almost came undone in the postgame with several of the interviews and several of the questions they were being forced to answer. Uh, I got to tell you, it was a little bit surprising to me. Uh, Not just that they lost, but that they lost the way they did with the Jazz pulling away, uh, with, frankly, Donovan Mitchell not even having that great of a game. He went 6 from 21 from the field, like we said, without Ricky Rubio there there at all. And there have been a lot of questions over the years about Chris Paul in the playoffs. He typically hasn't played as well in the playoffs as he does in the regular season. Clippers fans slowly nodding their head as they wake up 
or prepare to go to bed all across the country. Chris Paul, 8 for 19 from the floor, 23 points, just three assists, and uh, that's not the kind of performance that you want from your star point guard in the playoffs. Now, I didn't think the Jazz had the firepower to get past Oklahoma City. I certainly did not think they had the firepower to get past Houston. Utah has got one heck of a home court advantage, and now they're going back, and there is, and should be, I think, an awful lot of nervousness if you are a Houston Rockets fan because we'll have that game on Friday night late if you were thinking to yourself, ah, maybe I'll go watch a movie instead on Friday night. By the way, I went to go see Avengers. Pretty good. Took all three boys, ages uh, three, seven, and ten, and they all liked it. So uh, we made it through the whole movie. I accidentally gave some spoilers on Twitter. We'll get into my breaking down the Avengers and whether I've committed a mortal flaw by giving away some of the outcome in that game. But, again, Rockets at Jazz, 10.30 Eastern on Friday night. If you can't stay up for it, it's certainly a game that you're going to want to check the score on first thing in the morning. And then, again, you've got on Sunday night, Game four. Think about how much different the NBA playoffs will look if the Jazz could hold home court advantage now and win the next two in Utah. Woo! You want to talk about a major change in the trajectory of the NBA playoffs. Can you imagine if the Rockets, who are the number two overall favorite in the NBA, went down to a tremendous upset in the second round of these playoffs? be pretty wild all right I want to play you some audio I haven't even heard this yet the crew out in LA told me we need to hear this uh like I said the Rockets coming a little bit undone in the post game after a tremendous upset was pulled off by the Utah Jazz guys what do we got here go ahead and let's start I believe we've got Mike D'Antonio first or is it James Harden first whichever one you guys think is better to start with let's go ahead and play it it could be a wake up. They're awake. I mean, you know, it's just you know, sometimes human nature takes over, and sometimes you, you're trying and you don't realize that we're step slow and all that. But uh, we'll be ready. We'll be ready. Whether it's a wake up call or not, we'll be ready. They lost by double digits. They were going to come out and, and have a different game plan and make shots and do things differently. And it kind of caught us off guard a little bit. So we adjusted to it in that second quarter. You know, we started being a little bit more aggressive, and things change. You know, but we can't get down 19 no matter who we're playing. Uh, why did it seem to irritate me? You had that irritated look. <laughs> What's that? You know the, I don't I get a like call. A, I'm look. not getting a call or you didn't see him push me down or that sort of thing. Did that uh, kind of? I, I mean, I look like that all the time. That's just in my facial expression. <laughs> I think it's a beard. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, James Harden, I think it's the beard. I'm going to start using that one too when people say, hey, you looked irritated. No, 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 it's just the beard. Um, that... You know, pretty fascinating to think about what could happen in the NBA playoffs if, again, the Jazz, who have had an incredible home court, ask Russell Westbrook, who got obviously slammed by me for whining after the performance there. Maybe Mitt Romney on the sideline holding up his uh, four fingers like when Russell Westbrook got his fourth foul. Rubio's going to come back at some point, probably a little bit too early. 
maybe on uh, Friday night. I'm not sure exactly when he's going to come back from that uh, that hamstring strain. Uh, he looked like he was limping, by the way, a little bit off the court as he uh, as he came off the court um, after the win in Game Two. But man, this has the potential to really. I mean, I I don't want to discredit the Jazz completely, but this would be basically rolling out the red carpet for the Warriors to the NBA Finals. Even Jazz fans, I think, would have to acknowledge the odds of us competing at a high level with Oklahoma City pulling off the upset, then pulling off the upset over the Houston Rockets, and then pulling off the upset over the Golden State Warriors would be almost zero. And it's still early. Look, the Rockets could go on the road and pull off two wins in a row in uh, in Utah. If they split, it's still a pretty wide-open series, I would say, because I think you'd have to be ecstatic if you were a Jazz fan, if you found yourself headed back for Game 5, tied up 2-2. But this is an opportunity for the Jazz to really make a pronounced statement in the NBA. Uh, obviously, also tonight, we've got Game 2 of the Raptor series. Toronto hosting the Cavs, and it's absolute must-win time. Is zero doubt, if you are a Raptors fan, that if you lose this game, your season is over. Because there's no way you're coming back from losing the first two at home to the Cavs. You might even get swept if you manage to make that happen. Uh, So this game is insanely early, by the way. Uh, Six o'clock Eastern tip. A lot of you, if you're going to get your bets in, Toronto's a six and a half point favorite. That game is starting insanely early. Uh, I mean, I'm even like kind of looking at it right now, making sure I've got it right. Starting at six o'clock Eastern the Cavs going on the road um, against the Raptors in a must-win game for Toronto. We've also got not necessarily a must-win game because they're still on the road, but I think given the expectations coming into this season, the Sixers need to get a win over the Celtics as well uh, because that would be a little bit of an upset as well. So what's, what's fascinating right now is of the four NBA series that are progressing, Three of them, the underdog, is either tied or ahead right now. Uh, The Celtics were the underdog. They're up 1-0. The Cavs were the underdog. They're up 1-0. The Jazz were a substantial underdog. They're tied one apiece. Certainly would have to be considered to have the advantage given the fact that they got a road victory. The only team that we presume win that is actually looking like they are going to win is the Warriors who will play game three on the road in New Orleans on uh, Friday night. That's all that's going on in the NBA. In the uh, in the NHL, we got a uh, couple of uh, interesting outcomes there. Uh, we now have, and let me go ahead and manage to pull that up if I can. We now have the Lightning up uh, 2-1. They got the road, road win over the uh, Bruins, if you haven't been paying attention. And then late last night, this series is turning into uh, to an intriguing one. San Jose Sharks win 4-0 over the Golden Knights. Golden Knights, one of the most incredible stories in recent team history with the role that they have been on as an expansion franchise. But they are now tied up at two games apiece with that series coming back to uh, to Las Vegas for an all-important Game 5. Um, other news. Other news that's out there that we're going to continue to unpack. The New York Times war on cheerleaders continues. They have done an expose on a five-year-old trip to Costa Rica from the Washington Redskins cheerleaders. We will get into uh, that and break it down and explain uh, why that is an intriguing story in and of itself. Also ask the question, why has the New York Times and other members 
of what I would call the far left-wing media in sports suddenly decided that being a cheerleader is unacceptable and that women shouldn't have the right to make that decision because effectively that's what they are doing. Uh, I'm going to talk with my guy Lance Taylor about that next. We're also going to talk about talk about that with Britt McHenry in hour three. Get your popcorn. No idea how that will go. And uh, it should be a, uh, a fun process. We'll also break down the NHL playoffs for those of you who are NHL fans with John Morosi in hour two as well as Major League Baseball. He is uh, able to break down both of those at a really high level. That is what we have got planned for today's show. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Thursday morning. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at Clay Travis. We'll also break down how awful of a human being I am for potentially spoiling Avengers for some of you on Twitter. And uh, we've got an amazing animal, Thunderdome, I'm told, as well as many other things of fun and frivolity to get to. I appreciate all of you spending your morning here hanging out with us. Uh, Jason Martin, I'm going to bring him in quickly here. Did you see that I might have spoiled Avengers for some people? Uh, Based on my DMs and mentions, uh, yeah. People tell me I need to get you under control on your spoiler situation. I didn't see the tweet until just a little while ago. Yeah, I think it was. I think the biggest issue, the only issue, really, is that you went into specifics on that one. Like, if, I, I think most people know by now the general tone of the last twenty minutes it's of dark. that film. It's very, very dark. Even though I don't buy it, but past that, it's just, it's just nobody wants to know the names. I don't think, and I think that might have been the one thing. Even though it has been five, six days, I still have not seen direct spoilers that's like the first time i've seen an actual name pop up on my feed at any point in terms of people that yeah you know all of that so that might be the only thing what's the time frame this is my question in general to me if you are worried about a spoiler in a movie you have an obligation to see it in the first weekend because especially when it's something as big as avengers we're talking about the biggest opening weekend in the history of movies if you are such a diehard Avengers fan or such a diehard Marvel superheroes fan, you have to go the opening weekend to me. Having said that, I didn't realize... I'm, I'm still getting used to the concept of threading tweets. Do you ever thread tweets? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, like you if talking you about send like a series... And replying to yourself and then yes. replying to yourself again and like yes. putting numbers next to it and stuff no, like I that? No, I mean, I haven't ever done the number thing, but I thought when you replied to a thread on Twitter... This is like a tech uh, tech issue for me. I thought that only the people who had clicked on your initial tweet could see your second tweet. I didn't know that it went out uh, in a similar way because it shows up underneath when you're like using the Twitter app. It shows up underneath your original tweet. Um, and so when I commented on the Avengers, I thought it was people who had already clicked on my initial report of the Avengers. Regardless... My three-year-old, my seven-year-old, and my 10-year-old all loved it. So for people out there who have kids, I know it's rated PG-13, but you know, I, maybe it's just because we have a third boy and a third kid in general, and so he's going to end up getting into whatever his brothers are into. Uh, but I didn't think that it was so overwhelming uh, that a young kid could not also appreciate it, especially if you have a young kid who can sit through movies. Some, some kids can't sit through movies. Anyway. We'll talk about that a little bit in my uh, my whether I'm an awful human being for uh, allowing that uh, that spoiler to go out. But up next, we're going to talk with my guy Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor on Twitter. We'll talk to him about uh, the Redskins cheerleaders. We'll talk to him about uh, the Utah Jazz big win over the Rockets and uh, and more. 
I am Clay Travis. Thank you for spending your Thursday morning with us here in the Geico Outkick Studios in Fox Sports Radio. Throwback Thursday bringing us back. I get a lot of people who listen to the podcast as Funky Comedina brings us back. The number of people out there who say, what were you listening to? Why can't I hear the audio? It's because we don't have the rights on the podcast to play the music that you guys hear live on the radio. It's the benefit of listening live on the radio or the iHeart streaming device or uh, any of the other many ways to listen to this show. I don't know. It's an interesting question. Like, how many different ways can somebody consume a show? I feel like we're offering them so many different ways. And uh, we're talking now also about starting to stream a video version for the OutKick VIP crew, which I think is going to be really cool. I think we're going to announce, for people who are in the OutKick VIP, I think we're going to announce OutKick the weekend today. That's my plan if everything goes according to plan. And we might sell out. I'm not sure exactly, but we're going to come close to selling out, I think, all of the available hotel rooms uh, we're going to do a weekend at the Hard Rock Hotel in Vegas. If you are listening this morning and you're thinking, oh, I'd, that sounds like fun. Uh, we're going to do a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, potentially, out in Vegas, have a lot of fun. Uh, car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. LT, uh, Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor on Twitter, 94.5 Jocks down in Birmingham. I'm going to start off with the biggest sports story, I think, of the day. And and that's not sarcasm. I think it's legitimate. The Jazz going on the road and getting the win over the Rockets stunned me. I just didn't see it coming. I thought they would cover the 11 in Game 2. I thought they'd be more competitive. But without Rubio, I didn't think there was any way they'd go on the road and beat the Rockets, who only lost 65 or only won 65 games all season, only lost, whatever, 17 all year, and very few of those were at home. How stunned were you by this outcome? Um, I guess a little stunned that they're up 19 early. I'm like you, though, man. I took the 11 points. I thought the Jazz would play much tighter in game two. And I think what we forget, a couple of things. Quinn Snyder's a hell of a coach. He's one of the best coaches in the NBA. When you lose a max guy like Gordon Hayward, who obviously we really didn't get to see this year, to Boston – and you're able to do what you're able to do with a roster that nobody really knows. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is starting to slowly become a superstar. He's obviously your rookie of the year. Uh, but guys like Joe Ingles, uh, you know, Rudy Gobert, I mean, these are these are guys that nobody knew about. So Quinn Snyder's done a hell of a job. And we also forget, Clay, this team going back to the regular season is 34-9 and in their last 43 games. So Utah's a pretty good team. They can play some frustrating defense, as witnessed last night with James Harden. And let's not also forget that Chris Paul's never been to a, a conference finals. So it's it's not like these guys have a great pedigree for the Houston Rockets as good as they were in the regular season. What do you think happens in Utah? Uh, is it possible for them to win both? Would you be stunned beyond belief if the Jazz come back to Houston up 3-1 for Game 5? Uh, is it possible for them to win one out of two? I think that's probably the most likely outcome, given how good of a home court they've had. What do you see happening on the Friday-Sunday doubleheader, basically, that's going to be taking place in Utah? You know, if they would have gone 0-2, I would have said, look, I still think Utah's got a great chance to win both games. I think their home court is that good in Salt Lake City. Um, now it does seem a little unbelievable. Your best regular season team, a team that has the ability to score 50 points in a quarter, um, it seems unlikely they would go down 3-1. Uh, 
But I think best-case scenario for Houston is they get home court back and they split in Salt Lake City. So I think, I think we've got a series in front of us. What happens if the Jazz win? Are we basically just rolling out the red carpet for the Warriors as good as they look? They're going on the road, I know, in New Orleans. But do you feel like there's any chance at all that that series against the Pelicans end up ends up any good? Or if the Warriors were fortunate enough to get the Jazz, I mean, that's a cakewalk, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, th- I agree with you. I think it would be house money for the Jazz at that point if they were to get to the Western Conference Finals. Obviously, they were in the semifinals last year. So they've kind of matched where they've gotten in the postseason. But if they were to get to the Western Conference Finals, yeah, I think it would be a, an absolute cakewalk for Golden State. I still think Golden State's going to plow through Houston, um, as good as Houston was against Golden State in the regular season. I just think once you get to the postseason, I think for James Harden and Chris Paul, it's a little bit different, especially on that stage. Um, I heard your guy yesterday that I think right now Golden State's minus 110 to win it. To me, yep. that is a ton, a ton of value. Yeah. Go to the window, cash a ticket, take Golden State because – Again, I think they're um, they're not only going to the NBA Finals, but obviously once they're there, they'll win it again. Okay, let's go to the Eastern Conference. The Raptors, Raptor, they totally choked down the stretch against LeBron and the Cavs. They play in an early tip tonight at 6 Eastern in a must-win game. Do the Raptors win, and what happens in this series going forward? No, I think uh, I think the Raptors are done. You know, game one, I thought the Raptors would win that game going away. They they looked apart early on, up fourteen after one. They just outside of Demar Derozan, I just I don't trust anybody on that team. Kyle Lowry is a guy in the clutch that's just not going to get it done. Um, and to blow the game the way they did against Cleveland, when and LeBron said it, he arguably had his worst game of the season. And everybody will say, well, he had a triple double. When LeBron logs forty seven minutes, he's so involved in that offense. He's going to find a way to get to double digits on boards and assist. He wasn't hitting his shots in the fourth quarter in overtime. You've got to capitalize there. Um, you can't make chippy shots inside of three feet in the final two minutes. I just I think the Raptors play him up here. I'm not going to be surprised they go down 0-2, Clay. And this is psychological in, a, in many ways, right? You've been a longtime sports fan. Most of our listeners have, too. There are so many cases over time where you can point to a team that's better physically, more talented, but you can just see between the eyes, there in the head, they don't have the mental belief that they are going to win this series. And to me, that's exactly what happened in Game 1 and why it was so crippling that the Raptors lost the way they did. Yeah, look, I mean, this is going to be a weird analogy for a lot of your listeners coast to coast. But, you know, we, we know about Kentucky and Florida in football. And I think Florida's won, what, 30 consecutive years? And Kentucky longest, dominated that game this year. It's the longest stre- – it's a great point. It's the longest stretch of consecutive wins, I believe, in all of college athletics. So, yeah, uh, and look, and, and Florida, Florida was a bad product. Obviously, Jim McElwain lost his job this year. Um, that was a game in Lexington which Kentucky just controlled the entire game. And they found a way to lose that game in the fourth quarter at home because – psychologically, they're just not there. Yeah, Florida has not beaten – I mean, sorry, uh, Kentucky has not beaten Florida since 1984, I believe. So, I mean, there are a lot of people listening to us right now who were not born in 1984. That's the last yeah, time – the majority yeah. of your listeners probably were. Yeah, certainly the majority of the podcast listeners, for sure, tend to be a little bit younger. All right, um, let's talk uh, here about uh, – what about the 76ers? Uh, I know you're a fan of Ben Simmons. I know uh, a lot of people are enjoying watching the young uh, Philadelphia 76ers team kind of put things together, but you talked about how good of a coach Quinn Snyder was. Brad Stevens is an absolute magician, what he is managing to pull off right now. The Sixers are a four-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. What do you see happening there? 
Yeah, I think this one goes to the wire. I, I still believe the Sixers are going to win this series. Uh, Embiid's just too too good. And he said, look, I had a crap game the other night. And I think he went 31-13. and 13. And Just the combination of him and Simmons, I think, is going to be too much. Um, but I give I give a ton of credit to Brad Stevens. Al Horford is playing lights out. Terry Rozier's one of these guards. And, look, it seems like we see it every other postseason where a, a point goes out there, a backup guy, and actually makes a ton of money. Rozier looks to be that guy that, that's actually going to capitalize in the next couple of years on that because he looks like a guy that can be a starting one in this league. Shane Larkin off the bench has been really good. Uh, Brad Stevens is finding a way to get this thing done. And, you know, the scary thing is I think Boston believes a little bit. The problem for Philadelphia becomes a team that is so young that just two years ago only won 10 games. If they get an 0-2 hole, uh, they're going to start to feel some pressure. So I think it's a pivotal game for Philly tonight. But I think it goes to the wire, and I'm not going to be surprised at all if Boston goes up 2-0. We're talking to Lance Taylor. Go follow him on at, at the Lance Taylor on Twitter, 94.5 Jocks down in Birmingham. Uh, Alabama had their spring game a couple weeks ago, uh, I think it was. Recent history, anyway. And uh, Tua Tagovailoa versus Jalen Hurts has been a major topic of conversation. Jalen Hurts' dad comes out and says, you know, if we don't win the starting job, basically he's going to be the highest profile transfer in college football history. What do you think happens there? Do you think Nick Saban gives the job, the starting nod to Tua, or does he give it to Jalen Hurts knowing that Tua, whose younger brother just committed, probably is not going to transfer, and as a result, you then keep Jalen Hurts and you keep that uh, that ability to play both of those guys in the event one gets hurt. How does this situation resolve itself? You know, Clay, and I'm sure you've heard this, but legitimate sources said that Tungavaloa, if he didn't play in that second half against Georgia in the national championship, he was out of there. So obviously history takes care of itself. Jalen Hurts was awful against that Georgia defense in the first half. Nick Saban had to make the move. It was a ballsy move. It paid off. Tungavaloa played well. Um, I think Tungvaloa got the team. I was actually at the uh, the spring game. You coach, and, you know, right? We, like we, you were a guest coach. Yeah. yeah, they do a pretty cool. You know, they've got an all access. I know you were an official for one of these games, but yeah, you know, they've got media coaches, so they bring in a few guys and they let us have full access. And it just seemed that uh, you know the body language wasn't there for Jalen Hurts, and he doesn't seem to have a lot of confidence. And for a guy to have the regression in year three, it's really surprising because he's twenty six and two as a starting quarterback. But I think there's a lot of people believe um, that Jalen Hurts is not going to be around in August. We'll see what happens there. I, I do think if he was to stay, Nick Saban's one of these guys with seniority, he's kind of earned it, that he would get the start against Louisville. But ultimately, Nick Saban's going to play the best guy, and I think the best guy is Tongue of a low. I don't think there's any doubt about it. So you know, ultimately, your starting quarterback, whether it's week one, week two, week three, is going to be Tongue of a low, and more than likely, at least the uh, – you know, the, the smart money is on Jalen Hurts to transfer. It's interesting, at that Alabama-Georgia game, the national title game down in Atlanta, I was on the sideline for the final five minutes uh, and then into overtime. And uh, in the overtime period, after Georgia had, uh, I believe, kicked a uh, field goal, right? I think they kicked a field goal. Uh, and yeah, then Alabama took, kicked, I think, a 48-yarder. Yeah, Alabama took, uh, took possession. The Alabama managers, who guys who were responsible for the footballs on the sideline, came running over to get ready uh, after a play, and they kneeled down right in front of me. And uh, they were they were fans of OutKick, and they turned around and they were like, how about the flying Hawaiian? And they were, uh, they were saying, 
that Tungavailoa is dominant in practice. Obviously, the media is not there in practice, but they were like, oh, man, this guy throws it all over the field. The offense is so much more efficient. And, and they were like, look, everybody's been asking, how come this guy's not playing? And I think the reason was Nick Saban didn't want to rock the boat. Like you said, Jalen Hurts, 26-2 and two is the starter. But uh, he really has not progressed as a passer. And I think he could be a great player in college at the quarterback position at many places. But I think Tungavailoa has the opportunity potentially to uh, to be a different caliber. Make I mean, like the, the one thing that's amazing about Nick Saban's reign of dominance is he's never really had a great quarterback. I mean, he had A.J. McCarron. But A.J. McCarron's just a, a good college quarterback. He obviously hasn't done anything at the NFL. When you look at what Saban has done, I think that's probably the most surprising thing is that he's never had a great quarterback. Tungavailoa could be that great quarterback. Yeah, it's it's really scary to think. Uh, I agree with you. I think A.J. McCarron was maybe the most decorated quarterback in Alabama history, but he wasn't an elite quarterback, and I think you do have that opportunity now. What's insane is where we are in college football. When you've got a guy like Hurts, who's won a national championship, uh, as a starting quarterback who started another game where it wasn't his fault, where he scores late and the defense gives up a touchdown to Clemson, he could have had back-to-back national championships, and more than likely he's going to lose his starting spot. And then you look at other places, Georgia, who should have won a national championship, and I love Jake Fromm, and I thought he got better week to week, but everyone says Justin Fields is the better quarterback. And then you look at Clemson, a team that won a national championship two years ago that was in the fourth playoff with Kelly Bryant. Everybody says Trevor Lawrence is better. So I don't know how in the hell these young guys are better than guys that have already gotten teams to 14 playoffs and won championships, but that's kind of where we are in college football. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Clemson has been bringing in a ton of talent. All right, I'm curious on this. You're down in Birmingham. Uh, The Nashville Predators have a must-win game really tonight against Winnipeg, Uh, and I have noticed certainly the growth of the Nashville Predator brand in general and the NHL kind of really starting to have a little bit of an audience in the SEC footprint. Do you feel that in Birmingham? Are people paying attention to the Nashville Predators as they've been good? Is there, like, for a long time, nobody cared about hockey at all in the SEC footprint? I mean, zero. Atlanta lost their team. There just was zero interest. I feel like the Predators are starting to get a little bit of vibe. I know Nick Saban's daughter, I think, lives in Nashville, and Saban was walking around in a Preds jersey last year. Do you see hockey on at all in Birmingham? Do you have that, that sense that it's grown a little bit? You know, last year was a little little hotter for uh, for the Pred Mania. Yeah. Everybody around here jumped on the bandwagon. So you would go in any said sports bar, and everyone was watching the Predators. And I remember, you know, where you and I kind of vacationed down, um, you know, on the Panhandle. Um, I was in an establishment last year, and it was just so obnoxious in the uh, Stanley Cup Finals because everyone down there was a Predators fan, and people were wearing all the gear and. You know, it was one thing for some people to be from Nashville, but there were so many people that weren't from Nashville. It was just Southerners that have picked up the Predator brand. Um, so it, it became a huge bandwagon team last year. And, I, you know, I think if they get by Winnipeg, if they get back in the situation they were in, which is now a big ask, as you said, um, but if they get back uh, to the finals, Stanley Cup finals, I, I think people will jump back on the bandwagon, at least around here. Um Question four, we're talking to Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor on Twitter. Did you see the Redskins uh, cheerleader controversy? You know, Clay, I think, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, and I've tried to think about this because I saw it break last night. Is this maybe the most outrageous thing a big-time organization in sports has ever, has ever endured or, or been involved in? See, I think this is an interesting story in and of itself, and we're going to get into this a little bit maybe in the final segment of the show for people out there who are not familiar with it. The New York Times had a big piece about a 
2013, I believe it was, trip to Costa Rica and the Washington Redskins cheerleaders being down there. And one, I think it's a little bit strange because I've kind of been predicting this for a while, but that people out there who are far left-wingers are going to decide women shouldn't be able to be cheerleaders because they don't like the concept of women being cheerleaders. And so they're soliciting all these different stories from girls, and they're trying to find the worst stories about it. So we're going to get into the details, but I think this is just a messy situation because I think if you ask anybody who has been an employee and not paid that much when they're an employee, tell us the worst thing that happened to you at your job. I think lots of people can come up with stories that sound really bad. So I want to unpack this a little bit, but in general, are you surprised that cheerleaders are under siege? I mean, that this would be something that a major news organization would decide that they're going to investigate is cheerleaders in the NFL? Uh, well, look, I, you know, I think there's a lot of layers to this because we've already got, a, well, I guess, a pending lawsuit from two isolated cheerleaders that just really want to um, a face well, one-on-one sit down with Roger Goodell. Um, you know, here's what's interesting. You, at least about the allegations, Clay, these girls weren't paid. They were forced to go down there, and then they're forced to do a topless shoot. I don't know if this is salacious, um, just, you know, uh, we're embellishing all of the details now. This is one of these stories that's grown every year. But if that is legitimate, can you imagine? Look, you're married to a former cheerleader. Um, I think you were dating Laura when she was a Nashville or when she was a Tennessee Titan cheerleader. Can you imagine if she was forced to go on this trip and you found out old, you know, disgusting fat millionaires are, you know, pulling out turkey basers and feeding shots <laughs> to these girls? That, I the, mean, the, it, 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 look, the, it sounds fun if you're one of those guys on the other side, but I think Costa Rica is a playground. I think if you want to find escorts, you probably can can find legitimate escorts. Yeah, no, Costa Rica is a fun place to visit. There's no doubt, and there's all sorts of craziness that you can get into. Uh, my wife would have just said if she didn't want to take a photo, I'm not going to take a photo. We're going to get into this, get into the, the details. Uh, last question for you, uh, and quickly here. What's the timeline on spoilers? I took my kids to see the Avengers movie last night, and uh, and I was like responding on on Twitter to a previous tweet I had sent, and I gave a spoiler. It's been out almost a week. What's your time frame on spoilers for movies that are in theaters that are big events like this? Yeah, I think I think you went a little premature, my friend. <laughs> I think I think you got to give it a month because a lot of people don't want to battle that first weekend crowd. Yeah. Um, here's the thing: I, I saw another tweet that you sent out following up. I didn't realize did Lassie really die? I, I think I know. I know I'm sure I the yellow dies. I know that yet Lassie is probably dead because it's been a long time since that show aired. To be the longest living dog of all time, if Timmy still hey, had Lassie, but I meant to say I, old yellow. I didn't know this, Clay. Did, did did Han Solo really die? I, I'm one of those guys that only saw the first three Star Wars, or they were they the last three Star Wars? It was Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, is four, Han five, Solo and six. Dead? Yeah, well, you should have given a spoiler alert there. I think, yeah, Han Solo's dead. Um, so, okay. uh, spoiler alert, just ruined the country. Uh, all right, uh, my man, I appreciate <laughs> it. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Enjoy the games. Uh, that's, that's Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor. Let me bring in Eddie Garcia. Find out what's shaking the world of sports. Okay, let's give you your Geico playoff report in the NBA playoffs. Just one game. Game two between the Jazz and the Rockets in Utah gets the 116-108 road win to even up that series at a game apiece. The Jazz closing out the game on a 16-2 run to get that victory. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Lightning beat the Bruins in Boston 4-1. Tampa Bay now has a 2-1 series edge. Sharks shut out the Golden Knights 4-0. San Jose evens that series 
at 2-2. This report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy more confident car buying experience. And in the NBA, congrats to Igor Kokoskov. He's a Serbian-born basketball coach. That's going to be the new head coach of the Phoenix Suns. He'll be the first head coach born and raised outside of North America in NBA history. He's currently a, an assistant with the Jazz, and as soon as their season comes to an end, he'll take over the job for the Phoenix Suns. Now back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Uh, good stuff as always. All right, Redskins cheerleader controversy. We'll talk about that. We'll also dive in to the spoiler alert controversy. Uh, all that and more. Uh, I'm Clay Travis coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, which is easy to save 15% or more. On car insurance with Geico, go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from Geico, Outkick Studios. Throwback Thursday there. Shall we wait for the... There we go. Going to let this play a little bit. Take you guys back in time. Final loading DJ There you go. Poison. Just had to wait for it. Took it longer than I thought to get to that uh, get to that keynote there. Um, let's bring in the crew. Did you ever think that cheerleading would become this controversial, Jason Martin? Did I think it would be this controversial? Where, where were you, by the way? What were, what were you? What were you doing there? He was doing the running man to that song. Uh, yeah, like where, where where was he? Like that was a prolonged. Like I, we had like two minutes of music that I played there, and then Jason Martin. Like it's like he's just like unaware that he talks on the radio for a living, like scrambling. Like oh, I, like I don't. What, I, I'm just starting in L. A. because I don't have any idea what Jason Martin. I'm nervous now. I'm back now. Something, get your hands above. Get your hands above you the above the window. Get your hands above Shut the up. window. I lost. I lost. I lost you for a second there for some reason. What were you asking me? Uh, you're 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 going second. Let's go to L.A. Uh, did you ever think that cheerleaders would become controversial? No, uh, I do agree with you. We talked about this what just a week or two ago. How they should the New be York paid. Times. Yeah, keeps how, doing all yeah. these different stories. I mean, my my suggestion was just pay them all twenty thousand dollars. Exactly, a year. exactly. Six hundred thousand dollars total. Uh, the, the the way that these stories are being written, it's like oh they went to Costa Rica and like the headline on ESPN right now is looking like it's it's spreading. It's like cheerleaders were forced to post topless. That's not what the article says at all. It says some girls post topless for the Washington Redskins cheerleader calendar, and then they obviously don't show them topless in the uh, in the um, eventual you know like whatever it is calendar. And like I don't understand what that means forced to post topless. You have a choice if you are a woman and you are going to a calendar shoot and the and the photographer says, hey, we'd like to do a, a photo of you topless, like, I don't know, laying in the surf. If you've ever seen the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, there are many photos in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue that either involve painted-on bikinis, which have become insanely popular, or in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue anyway – or like you're laying in the surf, right? And like you're on your chest and you don't have a top on, but the photos just show you like, oh, look, you know, there she doesn't have her top on, but she's laying in the, you know, so this is not uncommon. And if you don't want to do it, you have the right not to do it. So force to me makes it sound like somebody's got a gun and you don't have any other options. So I think this whole story 
is a little bit strange. Now, they went to Costa Rica. They had like, uh, you know, big uh, advertisers or sponsors that were also on the trip. Um, I don't know. I think this is just being told in a really salacious fashion. Um, if people ever feel like on their jobs, they don't have the right to say, no, I don't want to do that, then that's unfortunate. But there's a difference between not feeling like you can do something and actually being forced to do it. So I, I think this thing is just so insanely exaggerated. Uh, Jason Martin, is your mic working now? What do you think about this? Can you believe that cheerleaders are now so controversial that the New York Times has legitimately launched an investigation into them? I don't know why there's an investigation. I mean, I read this story. It seemed like a whole lot of words to say a whole not that much stuff. It's just it wasn't all that much. Like, I... I mean, it says they were required to be topless, but as you described, there are many different ways in which that can take place. Obviously, that's nothing that I've ever been required to do before, so Thank I God. can't really speak Thank to God it. that there haven't been yeah. topless photo shoots involving Jason Martin. Right, but it, it seems kind of crazy. Well, it seems crazy, but it's not crazy. I mean, this is 2018. There have been, what, three or four stories about cheerleaders in the last year? that we've talked about at least three of them we talked about the Bengals situation and the bills and the thing that came out in usa today and then this thing in new orleans obviously with the saints cheerleader and her instagram photo of her and i don't know it was it was lingerie but whatever and then now we've got this story it seems like you could spend your time on something a little bit better they have five witnesses i just the story just seems like it's way serious and it doesn't seem like it's nearly as serious from from what i read yeah, we're going to talk to Britt McHenry about this. I may even have my wife uh, come on uh, as a former Tennessee Titans cheerleader, but I don't know if she's read the article yet in the New York Times. But we're going to continue to unpack this. When we come back, let's talk about the spoiler controversy. We need to establish rules on when it's acceptable to talk about popular movies or popular television shows uh, and whether or not I violated that with my uh, my tweets about the Avengers uh, late last night, if you haven't seen them already. Spoiler alert, people are going to die. Um, I am Clay Travis. We're all going to die eventually, unfortunately. Bummer. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Much to get to as we roll into our two. Uh, the Jazz get a huge win on the road against the Rockets to tie up that series at one apiece. That is the big storyline coming out of the world of sports. A couple of uh, interesting results in the NHL. The Vegas Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks tied at two. And uh, certainly on top of that, we have got the Boston Bruins taking it on the chin from the Tampa Bay Lightning as the Lightning, I believe, snag a 2-1 series lead. We've got the the uh, LeBron James and the Cavs in uh, the second game of the series against the Raptors. We'll see what happens in that one. Uh, but we began hour two with a controversy last night over my potentially spoiling the Avengers movie. I took my three boys last night to go see the Avengers movie. They've been excited to see it. Um and I posted a, a short video clip of my three-year-old just exulting. I mean, he was so excited to go see the Avengers movie. And a lot of people reacted to that clip saying, oh my God, how are you going to take a three-year-old to go see this movie? Uh, he's going to be crushed at the end of it. It's so dark by the end. All these things. And a lot of you probably have seen that Avengers movie because it literally had the biggest launch in the history of movies. So, I post that video, and then when the movie was over, I was responding to all the people who had commented on that video, 
And so I threaded the tweet. And I didn't really know, and I didn't really know, I didn't know at all, that when you thread a tweet, it goes out to everybody else as if it's a brand new tweet and not directly underneath your tweet. I thought it was more of a, you know, mention. Like if I respond to somebody who responds to something that I said, then it doesn't go out to everybody. I thought that's the way threaded tweets work. As a result, I sent out a plot point from the movie that happens at the end. Now, there's a lot of things that happen in the movie, and I don't think I really spoiled it that bad. But Jason Martin, where would you rank what I said about the Avengers movie on the spoiler flowchart? Hmm. I mean, TV and film are different. So <laughs> let's start here. Best. Let's start here. Like, So what is the, what is the acceptable... So for instance, I would not come on and say, hey guess what happens in Breaking Bad at the end, right? Because I understand there might be people out there who still have not watched the entire series of Breaking Bad, and I'm not going to tell you how Breaking Bad ends. But I also do not feel bad about saying Jon Snow comes back to life on Game of Thrones. And there may be people out there right now who are listening to me like, you are so, I can't believe you would do that. But the reason I say that is, 25 million people or 30 million people watch every Game of Thrones by now, and Jon Snow coming back to life has become such a cultural moment that I feel like people know it, having seen that GIF uh, or GIF, whatever you want to call it, the meme, like it's all over the internet. That, to me, is not a spoiler, right? Even though technically it's something that happens, if you don't know that at that point, if you have not caught up on Game of Thrones, to me that's on you because Game of Thrones has become such a part of the cultural firmament. It's like saying, to me, Luke Skywalker is uh, the son of Darth Vader. Like, oh, there's probably somebody out there like, I can't believe it. I'm just now starting Star Wars. Well, tough break. Like, that's such a legitimate part of the movie, you know? Um, what's the what's the rule that should be applied on spoilers, particularly for somebody like me who's got a big audience out there? Like if I tell you, hey, Jenny dies at the end of Forrest Gump, it's kind of on you if you haven't seen Forrest Gump yet. Yeah, and I, like I said, movies and TV are different because you don't have to buy a ticket necessarily to you know see a television show. So if you have access to the channel, then you have access to the content. There are a lot of people around the country that would have gone to see the Avengers in the first weekend, but every ticket was sold out in advance. And there are smaller towns that don't have as many theaters, obviously, so there's not as much of an opportunity to do so. I think that first run on the week, like, again, I think the major idea, the major concept that comes at the end of that movie is fairly well known. Um, but it's the specifics that causes the issue, because no one wants to know the specific individuals involved in said conclusion what so do you I think, think about the guy who really, was yeah i didn't know that and and you, I, you I saw was, it on my tweets yeah i was gonna i was gonna go see the movie this weekend because i didn't want to fight with the crowd so were you, what was your weekend. reaction when you saw my tweet i, I thought that jerk <laughs> but i think <laughs> you gotta I let say two this. weekends go i would say two weekends yeah because um lt was right some people wait for the crowds to yes. diminish a little bit well, okay. so I will say this. Have you guys seen the movie? You have, Jason Martin. Have you guys, you have not, uh, Danny G. Have you seen it, uh, Justin, Justin Cooper? Yes, I have. And- so my spoiler, I will say this. My, I was not even really, first of all, I didn't think the tweet would go out to everybody. Secondly, my spoiler is not that big of a spoiler in the larger context. Like, would you agree with that? I mean, there's so much going mm-hmm. on 
at the end of the movie that I don't think what I tweeted is like so revolutionary that you are going to be like, oh my God, I can't even enjoy this end of this movie. It's basically like 125th. Well, you just the, now, now that is now that. <laughs> yeah, that's a spoiler in itself. I, I, I have a differing opinion on this, and it's it goes against what I normally say because I'm typically Mr. Anti-Spoiler. I thought it it was really messed up of you of, of, the, of the Game of Thrones mentions. I was really against that. But in this, so wait, you don't think I should be able to say that Jon Snow comes back to life? You can now, yeah, but like yeah. you would say stuff like the morning after, or you would tweet a couple of things. Right. I know. Of and I will stuff say like this. Those things I will say love. this about Game of Thrones. If you do not watch Game of Thrones, I mean, I do an immediate reaction show to Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones to me is like a sporting event. Like nobody says spoiler alert for a sporting event, but it's right? not a sporting event. But it is a sporting event. <laughs> it's, if it, you don't watch it live. Drama. If you don't watch Game of Thrones live, when you are trying, like, and you are like, oh, don't tell me what happens in Game of Thrones, to me, that's on you. Because there's every Game of Thrones episode, and Game of Thrones is a great example. I treat it the exact same as a sporting event. Uh, that, you know, like nobody would say, oh my God, I, I've got. I've got the Rockets game DVR'd. I can't believe you came on this morning and you told me the Jazz were going to win. There's probably somebody out there listening to us nationwide who has the Jazz and the and the Rockets DVR'd because they had to go to work or because they had to do something and they weren't able to watch it. And every like 99% of people who are listening to us would say it would be beyond absurd for me to come on and say, hey, spoiler alert, in case you got the game DVR'd, the Rockets lost last night to the Jazz. Let's talk about it. Like, no, everybody understands that when it airs live on television, if you really care, you should watch it. Otherwise, it's fair game. Um, and and so that to me is is the standard that I apply for Game of Thrones. But I cut you off. You said you were saying. I think you were going to agree with me. Well, yeah. I mean, I I completely disagree with what you just said on Game of Thrones. That's just it's a sporting crazy. event. No, but. No, it's it's recorded. It's not live. It's not actually happening. But anyway, that's that's a an argument for another time. I agree with you on on this one because in my opinion there's like a there's two kinds of crowds that go to see these movies. You've got your diehard Marvel people and then you've got, you know, the person who's just like, "Oh, it's the blockbuster movie that's yes. out right now. I'm going to check it out." And I would imagine that to those, "Oh, it's the blockbuster movie that's out right now." The spoiler's not that big of a deal. And if you're one of the Marvel super nerds to where the spoiler is a big deal, then you should have already seen it. I don't care about the whole, oh, avoiding the crowds. I hate, I mean, I went at to a, like, I think it was a 3 p.m. showing on, on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And it wasn't that crowded. Like, I, I, yeah. You know, and I, right I, I buy in with that too because they put these, these big blockbuster movies on thousands of screens. So the idea that every single one of them is sold out is just not true. Okay, now, but, if you want to go... But some of us only go to the weekend... False. The movies on the if weekend. If you want to go to, like, 7 o'clock p.m. on, you know, like, Friday and Saturday night, yes, it's going to probably be crowded. But if you really desperately want to go see this, you can see it at noon, yep. and you can get in anywhere in the country. Like, you that is not, not going to be You couldn't on issue. Saturday. You could not on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday in Nashville. I can that's tell you not that true. right now. They were that's all not sold true. out well in advance. Not, that's not true. Because I... I pulled it up on Fandango, on my Fandango app, which I'm not getting paid to, to, to be uh, praising. And I went in uh, the nearest theater by me, and they had it airing literally, I think it was like 25 times at this movie theater. They had 3D, yes. they had IMAX, 
Uh, they had like your standard definition. They, I, I've never like the number of different ways that you can go see this movie blew my mind. And there were 3D tickets available. There were IMAX tickets available, and there were dining av- availability. Now, yeah, there so all wasn't expensive at, like, ones. No, those were the only. Th- I mean, oh, get, me, get out of here! There were all three. Available. You said 3D dining and IMAX. I'm saying all of those are the more for, expensive and tickets. Also a lot of people standard. don't want to spend 18 bucks. Also, the standard. All four of them had availability in my and look I it's not like I live in some like uh, backwater hamlet like I mean this is a major you know theater in Nashville it was all airing four different ways and all four of them had tickets now if I wanted to go see seven o'clock uh on Saturday night yes yeah, seven o'clock on Saturday night was sold out but if I had wanted because I wanted to take the boys if I had wanted to take them at like noon on Saturday zero issue we could have gone a bunch of different ways I'm coaching Little League Baseball. We didn't have the ability to go early, so it just didn't work for our schedule. So I went on Wednesday. Went on Wednesday. It's only been out, whatever, six days or whatever. The theater is a third full because we went, and we went to an evening showing, and it's because it's on four different ways. It's because literally you can watch Standard, which is what we did. You can watch it in 3D. You can watch it in IMAX, and you can watch it in Dine-In at the exact same theater. They're airing it four different ways on literally 20 different screens all day long so it's not that hard to get in so i'm not like if it's you not really... just it's not about sold out shows necessarily when i say the crowds i knew all the marvel nerds would be there so you're just you just hate the marvel <laughs> no i i'm not you just, you're just judging a lot the people. of people you like want... see movies in empty theaters like that don't I, necessarily yeah, like i just like it screaming behind them and yelling people who like want it. to cut holes in popcorn <laughs> and pull their pants down i knew i knew you would play, go there but that's play not find what it the is. penis while they're trying you to want people, popcorn. if you yeah, want people like you jason martin sit creepily in a movie theater by yourself whatever clay solo guy solo guy what percentage of movies that you watch do you go entirely by yourself 95 percent uh, no, I mean I usually go to press screening, so I know that there's only going to be maybe a third of a theater full most of the time. There are a lot of people that don't like their chairs kicked, a lot of people that don't like people talking and having conversations behind them. There are people that do not necessarily like to have a full theater. I don't think a whole lot of people just want to be in it by themselves. But like you don't want every you don't want you know you want both your armrests, for example, things like that. I don't know. I mean, look, if you are going to go you see a blockbuster, not. if you're going to go see a blockbuster movie, you have to assume that the movie theater is going to be crowded. Now, my personal opinion is we need to change the the way that movies get released in this country. I think that the day that a movie gets released, I've got uh, literally, you know, like multiple huge flat screen televisions in my house. Most people do at this point as well. Uh, why could I not just stream that movie on my own television? And a lot of people have HD, you know, like awesome televisions. A lot of you have stereo surround. Uh, I think a lot of people, if they get money, one of the first things they want to do is build an awesome home viewing experience. And I don't think that's something that just rich people have now. I think literally a huge percentage of people who are listening to us right now have that exact setup in their house or their apartment or their condo, wherever they live, that they have an awesome viewing experience. Well, I your, think your idea would that put you a lot be able of to mo- take it. Your, yeah. your idea, though, would put a lot of movie theaters out of business. Right. So it's being discussed. That's it's the, being discussed that's right the, that's now. That's the purpose that, of America. Like, I'm not the person who sits back and says, well, just because this company has always existed, it should continue to exist forever. Like, I, if you want to go see but a movie. a lot of us like the experience of yeah, going you, to the oh, theater. And you would, have the, you would have the opportunity to do that, but I'm not a big believer. Not if they're out of business. 
I'm a big believer it's, in choice. I think what would happen discussed. is I think what would happen in the movie theater is they would then it's happening already. The movie theater experience would then become incredibly elite, right? If you want to go see a movie in a movie theater, you would go in like that's why I like going to these dine-in theaters. I like having an awesome recliner. I like kicking back. I like to be able to get a beer if I want a beer. Um, you know, if I go out with my wife, we try to book a diner, a dining theater. Even if I'm not planning on eating a full dinner there, I'd rather sit in a big recliner, have space to Jason Martin's point, and like actually pay for the luxury of going to a movie. Otherwise, I'm going to sit back and I'm just going to watch at my at my place. I think, for instance, with this new Disney. Uh, what their people are calling Disney flicks. You know, Disney is going to come out with their own streaming uh, service. I think if Disney were really being aggressive and if they were being ballsy in terms of thinking about the future, they would put the new Star Wars movies on, for instance, their streaming th- streaming uh, pr- process and release them. Now, you would start to cannibalize the theater uh, money that you would make, but I think tons of people would say, man, I could pay $100 and get the new Star Wars movie direct to my uh, direct to my home theater, like literally the minute it comes out, like what Netflix does and all these other shows. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the future. I think it makes sense. By the way, we got to take a break now because we're going to go to uh, to John Morosi and uh, check in with him on the NHL and Major League Baseball. We'll also ask him about the spoiler. He's got young kids. Has he been to see Avengers yet? Am I an awful human being? But first, I got to tell you, it's getting close to Mother's Day. And if you don't want to blow it, maybe you're like me. Maybe you're like, ah, I'll take care of my mom, but you also have to take care of your wife because your kids are so young that they're not responsible for their Mother's Day choices yet. That's when you're a dad and you really get caught in the crosshairs of the Mother's Day universe. You got to take care of your own mom, maybe your own mother-in-law, and you got to take care of your own wife because your kids aren't old enough to actually be able to buy Mother's Day presents and be on the hook for them yet themselves. This is a danger zone across the board. Listen to me right now and get hooked up. The only way to make sure that you don't screw this up is to listen to me right now and go online to proflowers.com. And if you click on the blue microphone in the upper right corner and use my code OUTKICK, you will be able to save a bundle. In fact, right now, you can get fresh flowers, guaranteed delivery, and unique vases and accessories that your mom will love, and you'll get them delivered. It could be your wife as well. On Mother's Day, May 13th, if you want to. You can even specify. Again, go on proflowers.com, click the code OUTKICK in your box there, and you will be saving a bundle and be well on your way to not screwing up Mother's Day, which, let's be honest, if you are a married man with young kids, if you are anybody at all who has something to do to make sure they don't screw up Mother's Day, every guy listening to this right now, go to proflowers.com and use the code OUTKICK. That's proflowers.com. Use my code OUTKICK and save a bundle. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We bring in John Morosi now. He knows everything about the NFL. He also knows everything about Major League Baseball. Uh, John, what's your rule when it comes to spoilers? Have you taken your kids to see the Avengers? Will you? I have not. Uh, the, the, we, have, we have not quite... Uh, Fully entered into our uh, our movie going years, but uh, I'm, I'm sure 
having having daughters, probably uh, I, I'm, I'm sure we will uh, probably see our our next Disney princess movie. Will probably probably be the next one we go to as a family at the, at the theater. Good luck with that one. Um, let's go. Uh, all right. I want to start with the NHL with you uh, because you know as much about the NFL, uh, NHL as anybody before we even get to Major League Baseball. Lightning up 2-1. They win last night 4-1 over the Bruins. The Sharks 4-0 over the Golden Knights. We've got two series uh, that are uh, very competitive there. The Lightning up 2-1. we got a 2-2 tie in the, uh, the Golden Knights and the uh, Sharks. We've got uh, huge games going on tonight. Uh, the Penguins hosting the Caps. It's going to play itself out going forward in the NHL universe for you. Clay, I think we've got four amazing series right now, and and I really think that the uh, that Nashville Winnipeg series uh, by points, the the two best teams left are in that series, and I think that on the ice, just and you you watch it, I'm sure uh, just being in Nashville, I mean, just the, the competitiveness between those two teams right now is just extraordinary, and I think too uh, the Vegas has been such a great story. And, uh, and and they had really good momentum at different times in the series, but it just shows you, I think, that the resiliency of the Sharks to level that series at 2-2 uh, last night with a really emphatic 4-0 win, which I thought was really impressive. The, the, the shot totals were about the same, but I certainly think that the, the Sharks had the, the clear territorial advantage there. So I, I, I just think we've got a really balanced playoff right now, and, and, and maybe, maybe, Clay, this is finally the chance for the Capitals to eliminate uh, Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. It hasn't, it hasn't happened yet, and, uh, and, and I think this may be their final, they're, they're, maybe their year to do it, maybe they're finally going to be able to actually uh, complete that task. Uh, good stuff there, breaking down the NHL. We're talking to John Morosi as we do in hour two every single Thursday. Okay, let's go into baseball here. I read an amazing article, fascinating article, at least to me, in the Wall Street Journal about the career trajectory, or historical trajectory of strikeouts. And we are basically at an all-time high in strikeouts, the number of times that the ball is being put into play, given that home runs are also at a high level. Is this good or bad at baseball for baseball? And you see it continuing. Basically, the power pitcher, pitchers become stronger and are able to throw harder every year. And so the strikeout is becoming more prominent. And at the same time, we don't really hold it to be a bad thing if a guy is swinging for the fences now. It used to be like shorten your swing on second. Uh, you got two strikes, try to put the ball in play. Now people are like, swing away the whole uh, bat no matter what. Is this good or bad for baseball in your mind to have sort of the uh, the home run or the strikeout and eliminate a lot of the middle ground of uh, fielders being involved? As a fan, Clay, I think it's bad for baseball. And uh, just reading into the to the comments and the, and the plans and, and what MLB wants to do about it, I think they agree. I think they agree that this is a disturbing trend and they, they want – Balls in play, uh, which mean quicker games with better pace. They want to eliminate dead time. And I think that in its own certain way, long at-bats that that don't involve the ball being put in play, walks, strikeouts, they all result in sort of a, a, a lack and diminishment of action on the field. And that is a significant concern uh, to Major League Baseball. And, and for me, I, I go back, and, and my favorite team to watch probably this decade, uh, was the Kansas City Royals in about 2014-2015. They won the World Series, of course, in 15. And that's a team that, that did not strike out that much, didn't even hit that many home runs, but they were very athletic. They had great defenders like Eric Hosmer, Lorenzo Cain, Salvador Perez, Alcides Escobar. They defended so well, uh, and, and they put the ball in play, and they, they moved runners along. It was just a fun, active brand of baseball to watch. 
And unfortunately, Clay, the trend that you're mentioning is it's not getting any worse. We had 40,000 strikeouts in a Major League Baseball season last year for the first time ever, and this year the pace is even higher. Think about that. 40,000 strikeouts. 40,000. And uh, we're, we're on an even higher pace right now. And I think part of the reason, uh, I think, is the way that we are developing the young baseball athlete in this country. It is so much geared toward showcases now. So rather than you would have your high school season then play your summer ball season with kids from your area and you would just play and play and play and play repetition, you just play a lot of games. Now it's, okay, you have a very select group of, of uh, maybe high school games, and then you go out on the showcase circuit, so to speak. There's not a lot of instruction, not a lot of gameplay. It's just how hard, how hard can you throw on the mound, how far can you hit it, how, how hard can you throw when you're playing in the outfield. It is a, it is a tool exhibit. And I think when you get to that, when that is multiplied and magnified over a generation, you get a lot of guys that have, in isolation, really extraordinary tools, but they're not often put into gameplay in the most fluid way. And, Clay, you said it as well. Teams just simply have destigmatized the strikeout. They don't care about it as much anymore, and players are going to say, you know what, if I can hit my 30 home runs and get paid, I'm going to do that at the expense of more and more strikeouts. They don't seem to care. Yeah, it is fascinating in that respect. Um, just to kind of think about the way the game has evolved. There's a great article in the Wall Street Journal uh, kind of breaking down all those numbers. Okay, how much trouble are the Dodgers in right now uh, with obviously Seager out and uh, and the ugliness kind of surrounding uh, what has been a, not a very good start to the season? I think it's fair to say a, a, a morose April for the Dodgers. Is anything going to change or are they in trouble? They're in trouble. Uh, now, things could change, Clay, but they are in trouble. And, uh, of course, last night, uh, the latest uh, bit of news, even though they won, they, they defeated the Diamondbacks 2-1, they lost Hunjin Ryu uh, uh, to a groin injury, it appears. And I would imagine he'll be out for a, a certain period of time. Um, so now, they've, uh, now they should be getting Rich Hill back this weekend. They're probably going to call up Walker Bueller as well. Um, but uh, they're one of their top prospects. But this is a team that they just seem to have lacked that, that overall – Energy, consistency, they were so good last year in so many different ways, and I think they really missed Justin Turner on the left side of the infield. When you think about it, I think the night of Seager's injury, I counted only two players, Jock Peterson and Cody Bellinger, were starting at the same spot in that game that they were in Game 7 of the World Series. So injuries, they've had to reshuffle their lineup. And I think, too, the bullpen has been inconsistent. All the way around, it has been an underwhelming start. And the tough part for them is now all of a sudden they've got a team in their division, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who look like they're ready to be better than the Dodgers. They have played so well. Uh, their rotation, even without Robbie Ray now of, of late in Taiwan Walker, Arizona's rotation is very stellar. A uh, great young group of, of position players. A.J. Pollock playing like the MVP right now. So um, they now have a challenger in their division that is up to the task in the same way that the Nationals have to now deal with a very competitive Braves team, which, Clay, it's like reminding me of our youth watching the Braves at the top of the National League East all the time. Uh, they're almost back to that spot where it's, uh, they have an impressive young team there in Atlanta causing some of the same problems, I believe, for the Washington Nationals. Good stuff, as always. Uh, enjoy your morning, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great, Clay. Uh, we'll see where the series stands. We could be anticipating a Game 7, I believe, by then of the Nashville and Winnipeg series, which would be fantastic. Are you rooting? You have to be for the Preds to win tonight. They get back tied up 2-2, right? Because otherwise, it's going to be really difficult to come back from 3-1. I, 
I want seven games out of this series. It's just yeah. how I feel. And, and I feel like once it gets to that point, maybe the best team win. But, uh, Clay, the, the hockey has been just so good. And uh, the storylines are great. So I, I just cannot wait uh, for game four tonight, hopefully game seven next week. Good stuff, as always. We'll talk about it next week and see uh, what ends up happening. That's John Morosi. You can follow him on Twitter at J-O-N-M-O-R-O-S-I, if I spelled that correctly. Always tough. Live math and live spelling sometimes uh, a, con- a challenge for me here uh, early in the morning on the radio. Uh, let's bring in uh, Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking in the world of sports. All right, Clay, here's your Geico playoff report. In the NBA, it was game two of the second-round series in the West between the Jazz and the Rockets, and Utah gets the 116-108 road win over the number one seed in the West. Joe Ingles had a career high 27 points. Ricky Donovan Mitchell, 17 points, 11 assists, as that series is now tied at a game apiece. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, second-round action. Lightning beat the Bruins in Boston 4-1. Andre Palat, two goals for Tampa Bay as they take a 2-1 series lead. Sharks shut out the Golden Knights 4-0. Martin Jones, 34 saves in net for San Jose as that series is tied at 2-2. This report's brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And it's also time for our Geico Play of the Day. Donovan, left-hand dribble, teeth the defense, off-balance, oh. right-hander, short, got it back! Oh. Big champion, oh. oh my gosh! Oh. I've never seen anyone ever do that! Oh. Holy cow! KZNS Jazz Radio on the call as Utah star rookie Donovan Mitchell put back a missed shot with a big dunk, helping the Jazz to beat the Rockets on the road. That's our Geico play of the day. That is a fantastic play call. Uh, Great find there uh, for the Geico play of the day. Um, Let's go ahead and take an early break here. We're going to throw everything into an uproar. Let's take an early break and uh, let's come back and have some fun. I'm told there are some incredible animal Thunderdome stories out there. So let's grab that. Uh, top of hour three, if you're out there scheduling uh, your your evening or uh, your evening, your morning. It might be the evening schedule uh, if you're listening on the podcast. Um, at top of hour three, we'll hit this Redskins cheerleader story, which we've kind of danced around. Uh, also talk a little bit more about the games coming up in the NBA and the NHL. And uh, then we're scheduled to talk with Britt McHenry. Of course, it's always a question, will she answer her phone? Uh, early in the morning. We'll have to set odds on whether or not Britt will answer her phone and come on as a guest. Uh, But we will do all that breakdown. She can also talk about the Caps uh, and more in Hour 3. But up next, it's going to be the Animal Thunderdome. I am Clay Travis. This is Geico Outkick Studios, and you are listening to Fox Sports Radio. Gird your loins. Up next, it's the Animal Thunderdome on Outkick, the coverage. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Um, This is pretty... uh, I'm told that this audio is going to be something that I have to give a disclaimer for. Now, we've got a little bit of a controversy emerging here. Where's Justin Cooper? Step to the mic. You were not aware that we had already discussed a man being dragged by a lion. That is correct. You are on the show. That is correct. You are ostensibly listening to our conversations during the course of the show. Not 100% of the time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. So we mentioned this story, but it was just happening, and we didn't have a lot of info about it. And I didn't have the article in front of me. I thought I did, but when I scrolled through my phone, it wasn't saved. Uh, so this audio, I haven't heard this audio at all. So you are telling me we need to give everybody a disclaimer that this audio is so terrible. By the way, 
you guys threw me under the bus earlier because you're like, oh, this audio we got. So for people who don't know, when I sit down to get ready for the show, one of the first things I ask the guys is, is there any good audio that I might not have heard that we should play? And you guys are like, oh, yeah. We got stuff from Mike D'Antoni, and we've got stuff from James Harden, and James Harden gets really mad with the questioner. And I was like, all right, we got to play that. And then I play it, and it lands like a lead balloon. I mean, it was not good audio. So you have already failed me once, as, as Darth Vader would say, uh, on the audio situation. This is, you are arguing, this kinda, disclaimer kinda feel is like, like Kind of feel like, like in be, hour one, you oversold the sound a little well, bit. Well, that's, that's what they told me. you oversold it to me. Yeah, no, we did not oversell it to you. You said he got into I, it with a questioner. Yeah, and I was like, oh, in that the last good. cut he did, but you made yeah. it sound like all three were like that. Yeah, I that didn't. Was, we didn't say that to you off the air. I would ask Jason Martin's uh, per, permission or uh, opinion on this, but he has so many times oversold audio before that <laughs> once, like, it, once Clay, well, it's happened was, once. What was the audio that you were like, "Oh, this is incredible"? It was like literally the worst audio ever. It was not the worst. It just wasn't as good as I thought it was. Yeah, I, mean, I don't to, even remember what it was, but it only happened one time. To me, to me, the audio is kind of disturbing. All right, so you have said. You have said prior that this is like, oh, we have to give a disclaimer. Like, this is unbelievable. Remember, this is the same segment where Danny G just comes on and reports that kids get murdered by animals, and we give no disclaimer at all there. Uh, So you are saying that we have to give a disclaimer here. I have not heard this audio. So this is a lion dragging a man. But first, let's play the music. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bunch of disrespect to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. All right, I want your reactions. Did we need the disclaimer or not? Here is, what are the details on this? First of all, what do we know about the audio that we're about to hear? All right, so this man, the 72-year-old man, Michael Hodge, he was the owner of uh, the Markel Predator Center that's in uh, uh, South Africa in Limpopo, and uh, he's raised this lion for, uh, for, for 10 years. He's owned uh, the lion Shamba, and uh, he was— He bottle-fed it, right? Yes, uh, that is correct, and uh, there was like a, a tour going on, I guess, in his, you know— Wildlife Center, where he has these lions. Predator Center, which is a a hell of a name for a... Yes, okay. And the routine is that he gets out of the the little, like, safari vehicle or whatever. Um, Another employee distracts the lion away from the gate while he opens the gate so that the car can get out of the, the habitat. Well, I guess the lion wasn't distracted by the other employee, and when he got out of the car to open the gate, lion runs towards him grabs him, drags him over the bushes, has him by the neck, and all the while, his daughter is watching it happen. and Re- Recording it? I, I'm, somebody I'm not, else, I'm somebody not sure else she, was recording Yeah, I'm not sure yeah, it was she's a Now, is the yeah. man alive? He, yes, yeah, he is, remember yes. we remember we said that on Monday? He yeah, said that it, uh, he I still he loved animals and would then. still be working with animals? Yeah, yeah no, he, he is alive. But the, all right, the, the so line this has is, a happy ending. I'm told the disclaimer has to be given. All right, here is a man being attacked by a lion in South Africa. <laughs> by the way, hold on a second. The, pause this. The percentage of time 
that I call for audio that the audio does not work has to be a record for national sports talk radio shows it's, in it's, the history. It's wor- I mean, like I'm playing video, so there's there's audio happening. It's just like not loud yet. All right, so it, this you're telling me this is this is working? Yeah, no, it's here. Right. Yeah. Somebody get a rifle, just in case. Somebody get a rifle. Somebody get a rifle. Oh my god. Please. Is anybody getting a rifle? Somebody get a rifle. Just in case. Man, all right. So that is pretty intense. He survived. Yeah, he survived. The lion did not. Mm -hmm. And he was upset when he came to after surgery. He was upset that the the lion was killed. Well, because he fed it with a bottle. Now, here's a couple of thoughts here. One, maybe a totally savage move on behalf of the person who's recording that's a pretty sad. Like, I, let, let's let's break down. Let's break down the uh, the ethics here. If you are standing next to a daughter while her dad is being potentially murdered by a lion, do you leave the camera running? I don't know. That seems like a pretty aggressive, uh, pretty aggressive move by the filmer. And it sounds like he was literally right. And I'm assuming this is a guy because I think a woman wouldn't have been recording. It sounds like the guy was right beside her. Yeah. Yep. That's a pretty aggressive move. You're not in any way trying to help. You're just recording a guy getting attacked by a lion. Well, he was screaming for somebody to get a rifle. (laughs) It sounded like they had the rifle. You could hear shooting in the background. I'm a little bit confused by the timeline. See, I don't know if if it was a rifle that they had or some other kind of, like, gun that was just, like, you know, some sort of pellet gun or something. I will say this is also an intriguing question. How well do you have to know someone to try to save them from a lion? That's that's funny. When I first saw this video, my my roommate was showing it to me, and that's the very first question that that he asked. He's like, you know what? He's like, what if that was your your girlfriend? And I was like, if it was my girlfriend, somebody I was just dating. Sorry. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. You don't even go to try to save the girlfriend. Man. What are you gonna oh. jump in the the cage with the lion? I think they're already in the cage. No, no, the uh, the the daughter and the guy filming it are outside of the cage. Oh, oh, okay. yeah, they're well, on that, the outside that, of the fence. That makes it a little bit different. I thought, yeah, well, they hid. 
I th- yeah, I, it's an interesting question. What do you do? Still uh, though, couldn't you like run in through the opening and I try to get you, the yes. line's attention? Yeah, I and- think you, I think if it's your girlfriend, you have to try to save. Yeah, her. maybe if it's like my wife, the mother of my children. There's a hundred percent chance you have to save. You have to try to save the the, the wife. Right, but like. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I will try and get it help as, as loudly and quickly as possible. You can you're find like, him at uh, like, you know, but, fan. but somebody I met on nation, somebody I met on are. Tinder a year ago—that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's your side piece, maybe. If you're Donald Trump and it's Stormy Daniels, you're like, well, so much Do you for that NDA. you die for just some some girl that you that you met of like a month ago? I, I'm assuming if you went on an African safari with yeah. a chick that you probably <laughs> like her. <laughs> Now, if you're if you're on like yeah, if you just swiped right and you just met her on Tinder and you're you're out at the beach and she gets attacked by a shark, maybe you're like ah, I don't know about this. Then they have the shark at Manhattan Beach, the pier recently out in L.A. They always have those great whites like circling out there. You get attacked. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure I'm going to go in after her. Uh, but I think immediate family members you have an obligation. And this is like my thing when that kid got attacked by the uh, by the alligator at Disney World. I would rather be dead than have my kid get attacked by an alligator and not and survive afterwards. Oh, agreed. Right? Like I would rather just like the guy like I would rather drown, like I would rather just be gone than have to live with having seen that and been involved in it the rest of my life. Yeah. This is kind of like when that sea lion pulled that little kid in, remember and the guy jumps yeah. right in immediately. Yeah. You go in. There's no doubt. Like, you go in and you try to distract and everything else. Well, I mean, uh, that's a sea lion, not a lion. <laughs> Yeah, we know. The point is giving up your life. It's not like that guy knew the difference between the sea lion and the lion in that immediate instant when he decided, I'm going to jump in the water. And he might not even be able to swim. He might have been able to drown right there. Jason Martin. How many, how many, uh, drug, how many uh, drug kingpins watch this video and are like, yep, got to get lions? Like, as soon as they see this guy get dragged away, they're like, this is why we have these animals. Right it's back gonna to be cocaine a, hippos and everything else. It's, yeah. It's going to be amazing with all that I say on this show when one day we go viral and people are mad at us because of the Animal Thunderdome. Like, inevitably, we're going to say something during the Animal Thunderdome, and that's going to end up being a huge controversy. And the, the premier is going to have to issue a statement like, well, Clay Travis was just talking about lions. You know, like, that. all the stuff that we say on this show, and I know that's what's going to end up happening. We're going to have a huge controversy surrounding the Animal Thunderdome audience or video on a radio show uh gotta fight a lion Uh, i'm clay travis final hour of the show next on outkick controversy a flame on the show this morning after justin cooper says that he would allow his girlfriend to be eaten by (laughs) a lion and then retweets (laughs) somebody blaming jmart for saying that he would allow a lion to eat his girlfriend i feel compelled to go to you uh, jason martin would you allow your girlfriend to be eaten by a lion? Nope. What about uh, like somebody you had just started dating? You man, that might be on her <laughs> in that situation. I, I mean, what if she was just trying to get like on. a dinner out of me or something, like get a trip out of me, and there was nothing like long term about you? Saw Jason, that story about she that bought guy, you that, your that first guy. steak. She got you your very first steak, and you're gonna feed her to the lion. If she did, that wasn't a first. That wasn't a first date. But if that first date had then ended up the situation with a lion, I mean, I'd have done something. I've actually, on a first date, I've like stepped in front of something I thought was going to potentially become a problem for somebody in the past. But I don't even lion, know what that means. I know I'm that is such die. that is such a forty year old virgin line that you just dropped there. 
I've stepped in front of a woman that I thought was going to be a problem from her past. I don't even know what that means. Uh, we're coming to you live. No, from I said Geico in the out- past. Geico Outkick. Were you in your sailor outfit? We're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So, just to get the record straight, Justin Cooper allowing the girlfriend to be eaten by a lion. By the way, I will say this the standard of expected behavior, the sexes are supposed to be equal in everything. I don't think anybody expects the girl to go in and save the boyfriend when he's getting eaten by a tiger. Exactly. That's what I'm really getting at here. You're just equal for the sex. But there are some women who are kind of gangster when it comes to their man, and they would jump in there. To fight a lion? Yes, but I don't think the average – the consensus, I think, among people listening to us right now is that the man would have more of an obligation to try to save the girlfriend than the girlfriend would to save the boyfriend. That's not a ridiculous assumption, right? No. That's probably standard. And I don't think I'd, I would even go so far as to say I don't think most people would even expect for a girl to try to drag her boyfriend away from a lion. Whereas I think everybody would expect the boyfriend to drag the girlfriend away from the lion. All right. What's what what amazing superhero move did you make uh, on one of your dates, uh, Jason Martin? This is back in like 2008, 2000, no, 2007, I guess. This uh, we just we went to a movie and we came outside and there was a dude that was unstable that was coming towards the car and it was a late night movie so there really wasn't anybody else in that parking lot it wasn't the best part of town either he had a hand in his pocket he was clearly trying to be a threat Asked all right hold money, on a sec started hold approaching on. hold on a sec I want to I want to ask questions here it wasn't the best part of town where were you uh, this was in Greenville South Carolina all right. So uh, you're in a rough, incredibly dangerous town of Greenville, South Carolina. Probably a really, really dangerous movie theater. All right, you can continue. And by the way, that's All sarcasm. Right. This is not actually a bad part. It's not. It's not like you were in, you know, like uh, in, in Mexico City, uh, and, and there had just been 50 murders going on. You were in a suburban, uh, in a suburban parking lot outside of a movie theater. I was not in a suburban parking lot. You were there, clearly. So, anyway. Greenville, South dude, Carolina. We're on there. Not a dangerous place. So, what well, do you guys look up there the are murder dangerous rating spots Greenville, in Greenville, South Carolina? I'm not, saying that, I'm not saying that there's a high murder rate, Clay. I'm got, saying got, that there are good and bad Spider-Man. spots in every town. We got Spider-Man here. Continue. Anyway. Dude had his hand in his pocket. He was trying to be a threat. Starts asking for money. He's approaching really, really quickly. She was frightened without question. He, again, I'm pretty sure he was on something based on the way he was walking and his speed. So I helped her into the car. I closed the door for her. I handed her my keys. Again, this is the first date. Handed her my keys and then kind of stood in front of her door to make sure there was no way he could get to her and basically talked this guy. Talked to this guy for a few minutes. Tried to make sure that there was no problem. But, I mean, I'm not saying I was a hero. I'm just saying I did in that moment hand her my keys on a first date. She could have just taken my car in that moment but that was my thought in my head was look if something goes down she's got my keys she should be able to get away from this so i'm not considering myself some giant hero i'm just saying i have done that a lion i feel like in the moment i'd have probably jumped in just because this is this i don't is, know by the way, in that let's, moment let's, what would happen let's cut jason martin's mic is this the most like least heroic thing you've ever heard you're in a suburban movie theater parking Stop lot. Stop saying suburban when you don't know. It's a suburban there. movie no theater parking lot. You have what you're talking about. Suburban movie theater parking lot. Just because you want to play alpha lot. male on the radio to go after your the Trump suburb- supporters here doesn't mean suburban- that you can do this the right way. And now, and now Jason Martin is getting all riled up. 
This is Greenville, South Carolina. This is you're comparing this to a lion attack. This is literally the least the least masculine thing that's ever been done on a first date. Good lord. Uh somebody responding on Twitter. We're getting fantastic responses, by the way. Um my wife just said she would not go in and try to save me from a lion attack. Now, this is actually an interesting perspective. Well, well, because what's the insurance policy on? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> mine is expensive. I don't, yeah. but I think if you are a parent, you don't both want to get killed by the lion, right? Like that's the worst case scenario for if you have young kids, yeah. and one of you is getting attacked by the lion. I can actually, like, I think the natural reaction is to go try to save your spouse. But I think that the natural reaction might not be the good reaction because odds are if one person goes to try to save somebody from a lion attack, the other one might end up getting attacked, right? And then both of you could potentially die in the same lion attack. That's a tough situation to get into. Same thing would be in in play if you're talking about a hippo, if you're talking about a crocodile, if you're talking about anything else associated like that. You dive in and try to make the save, and then you both end up dying, and then your kids are orphaned. So I, I can see that. Like, I can see the wife being like, ah, eh, you know, it stinks to go out with a lion, but I'm not sure that it's my play to try to save him. I also think it comes into play, are you completely on your own? Because if it's just the two of you, I think you have an obligation to maybe try to get the save. Because otherwise, the lion could come and get you, right? I mean, like, it's not as if you are in some way safe. I think it's a more difficult call if it's just the two of you because you might need to try to do something to save them. By the way, L.A., was Jason Martin basically like Spider-Man here? Can you believe how brave he was in Greenville, South Carolina in a suburban uh, movie theater parking lot? Clay, we don't know what that guy was on. Could have been, been, been PCP. Could have been the, 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 the marijuana. There's no telling what might have been in danger in that situation. Uh, We have, speaking of danger, we haven't played this audio yet, but Charles Barkley actually ended up um, apologizing. Do we have all the audio, like this entire storyline now? Yesterday, Draymond, or whatever, two days ago, whenever the the game was going on between the Warriors and the the Pelicans, Draymond Green came out and he said uh, something I thought was pretty interesting. Like during the halftime, as they went to halftime, Draymond Green got into it a little bit, I guess, with Rajon Rondo. And Charles Barkley reacted and said he would punch him in the face or somebody else should punch him in the face. Then Draymond responded. If you didn't hear that yesterday morning, we played it. Here is that. And then we will play what happened last night as this controversy between Draymond Green and Charles Barkley has continued. Some friendly chatter between Rajon Rondo and Draymond Green. That's what you want to call it? <laughs> what do you want to call it, Chuckster? I just want somebody to punch him in the face. I really do. I just want somebody to punch him in the face. Why you don't like Draymond? Why you don't like Draymond? I'm just telling you, I want to punch his ass in the face. I do. Why? Why? Relax, what Chuck. makes you upset? You asked me a question. I, gave you a question. I, I'm asking, I, I didn't ask you to hey, punch him. Kidding. You said you. I said why? When Chuck get like that, just leave him alone. No, I like that. <laughs> I think Rich a lot of stuff. guys talk on TV, um, stand behind a microphone and a TV screen. fact of the matter is, if, if you feel that strongly about something, he's seen me a million times. If he feel that strongly about it, then punch me in my face when you see me. If you're not going to punch me in my face when you see me, then shut up. It's no different than somebody sitting behind a computer screen tweeting, I'll knock you out and you never see him in life. Well, he's seen me a bunch of times and he'll see me again this year. Punch me in the face when you see me or if not, 
no one cares what you would have done. You old and it is what it is. So if you ain't going to punch me when you see me, then stop talking about it. Period. Drop the mic. <laughs> Let me say this. I apologize to Draymond Green and his mom. Uh, listen. Why his mom? Well, because she's... She, she also I tweeted. she tweeted. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't know. You, you know, you're one of those idiots who tweet, so I don't pay I, attention. Listen, I, I didn't know. Okay. I didn't know his mom tweeted. So, you know, Ernie, what I said uh, was inappropriate. I would never punch an NBA player. I would never punch an NBA player. I meant what I said. I meant what I said. But uh, I would never punch an NBA player. Draymond Green is a good player. I think he's a nice kid. I wish him nothing but the best. But what I said was inappropriate. And I got guys who are mentors to me. Uh, I grew up down here. They called me today and told me what I said was inappropriate. Derek Stafford, Jason Whitlock, and Mike Wilbon, they're my mentors and big brothers. Uh, what I said was wrong and inappropriate. I appreciate them reaching out to me. You know what? My personal opinion should never come across in a comment I make about a team or a player. It did last night. Draymond is a hell of a player. He's an irritant. He annoys me at times, but he's a hell of a player. But what I said was wrong, and I apologize. So, uh, You just said, Danny G, that we had Whitlock on yesterday, yeah. and he hadn't heard any of the audio. No, until we, we played, played it for him. him. Yeah, we're the ones who told him about it. Um, I, I didn't have any problem. Like I took it as cartoonish, inte- you know, like entertainment because it's Charles Barkley. Uh, I can also understand. I bet the NBA probably was not happy about that because then you set up the possibility of these guys are going to be in the same place. Let's say I believe I'm. Doesn't TNT have the Western Conference playoffs this year? And so there's the possibility that the TNT crew is out in Golden State. And this story continues to fester. I don't think Draymond Green took it seriously. I don't think Charles Barkley meant it in a legitimately serious fashion. But I can certainly see how if somebody did punch Draymond Green, and then you can imagine if they said in the postgame, yeah, I did it, but you know what? Charles Barkley said I should do it. Like You can see how it could turn into an ugly situation because he's effectively employed by the NBA. Right when you work it inside the NBA on TNT, even though TNT and the and the NBA are technically separate, and Charles Barkley gets his check from the T, from TNT, it's not as if he just hosts a radio show and he said that on there. He's kind of an NBA employee. Having said that, I didn't take it very seriously, um, but I'm not surprised that there was enough blowback that he felt compelled to say something. I also think this story is probably dead and buried now. And Charles Barkley's got a great sense of humor. I would imagine that they will have Draymond Green on the show and it will be laughed about and talked about going forward, which is, frankly, the way I think controversies like this should actually be covered. Isn't that serious of a story, right? Charles Barkley makes a living saying things that a lot of other people cannot say. I kind of make a living doing that in some way, too. I think I can say things that other people can't say, certainly in the world of sports. I typically don't apologize because I think when you apologize, you put yourself in a position of people constantly demanding apologies from you. But I'm also not directly connected to a league. 
So you might disagree with something that I say on Fox Sports Radio, but it's not like I'm directly employed by college football or the NFL or the NBA or I'm calling games and stuff like that. So I think the standard becomes different when you're directly connected to a story like that. Uh, By the way, we're going to talk with Britt McHenry next. What are the odds? Okay, we have some breaking news out there from Eddie. Is this about Jason Witten? All right, breaking news sounder. Breaking news from Fox Sports. Uh, yes, it is about Jason Witten. Uh, the Cowboys tight end reportedly will retire, and he is going to join Monday Night Football as an analyst. That's big news, obviously, for the Cowboys because they uh, have lost Des Bryant, um, and the story is that Des Bryant really isn't getting that much interest in terms of the amount of teams that are interested in, in paying him to be a wide receiver, which, frankly, I think makes sense uh, uh, for the decision by Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. But... I don't think they were anticipating Jason Witten was going to retire. I will tell you this. I started talking, when was it, October or November of last year? I guess it was in November after the Tennessee job came open. I talked to a lot of people, and Jason Witten was legitimately interested in becoming the Tennessee University of Tennessee football coach. Uh, he was starting to contemplate the fact that he might end his career. To me, this is just evidence of the cowboy dominance of the media. I mean, think about it. Jason Witten, uh, Tony Romo, and to- Troy Aikman – will be three of the biggest people on television calling games, all former Dallas Cowboys. You've got Deion Sanders in an incredibly prominent role at the NFL Network. And over the past several years, certainly since he stopped playing, Michael Irvin has also had an incredibly prominent career in the media, breaking down NFL games and whatnot. So that's five different former Cowboys, just off the top of my head, not even counting Jimmy Johnson, who obviously makes a good living with Fox as part of their pregame show. I mean, there are at least six that I just named national figures in the world of the NFL who make a living breaking down NFL games. I think that's a function of the Cowboys being America's team. You might hate the Cowboys. You might be willing to point out they haven't won a playoff game, uh, really, very many of them, in a long time, uh, other than the one win and the Dez catch it uh, uh, controversy. But the Cowboys are still, in terms of the interest that they get, Unpar- without parallel in the world of uh, sports. And so uh, that's pretty amazing. So Jason Witten leaving uh, the Cowboys, going straight into the broadcast, bo- broadcast booth to be part of Monday Night Football. I believe they've also named Joe Tessitore as the other guy who will be in the booth. I don't know if it'll be a three-man booth or when that official news will come down. Uh, but Witten is the Cowboys' all-time leader in receiving yards and third in franchise history with 68 touchdowns. He will be a first ballot Hall of Famer, fourth in NFL history when it comes to career catches. He's behind only Jerry Rice, Tony Gonzalez, and Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, this is going to be a uh, a big loss for the Cowboys, uh, particularly as it, like I said, coming on the heels of Tony Romo leaving uh, and retiring, and then Des Bryant being gone and Jason Witten now being gone. It is the end of an era in Big D. It is officially now Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott's Dallas Cowboy team, and we will see where they can take it. All right, we got the controversy surrounding the Washington Redskins. Do we believe Britt McHenry will answer her phone Yes or no, let's go around the horn. Jason Martin, yes or no, will she answer? She'll answer because she tweeted about it last night. 
Like, because she tweeted that she was coming on, I'm giving her a 100% chance that she's going to be on the program. L.A., what are the odds Britt McHenry answers when you call her in this break? Hell yeah, she wants to talk about the topless cheerleaders. Topless cheerleaders is our next topic. So, uh, if you uh, enjoy contemplating topless cheerleaders, we are going to absolutely cover this with the seriousness and uh, and rigorous journalistic ethics, which you have grown accustomed to for this show. Uh, up next, it's Britt McHenry, in theory, talking topless cheerleaders on OutKick, the coverage. Cars shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, the list price, and invoice. SWV bringing us back there. I think Eddie George married one of these girls. I think I've met her. Tosh? I think that's right. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Jason Witten joining Monday Night Football, retiring from the Dallas Cowboys. That news officially coming down just now in the last 15 minutes or so. I was running through the list of all the former Dallas Cowboy uh, players who now have prominent roles in the media. Obviously, Troy Aikman. Um, you've got Tony Romo and you got Jason Witten now. Also, Daryl Moose Johnson on Fox. I forgot him. You got uh, Michael Irvin and Deion Sanders, at least six guys that have gone basically straight from playing for the Dallas Cowboys to prominent roles in the media. Also, we'll continue to unpack J-Mart being a hero in the uh, Greenville, South Carolina suburban uh, movie theater parking lot. Um, Mike Eller reaches out and says, J-Mart's uh, dangerous neighborhood movie theater is across the street from an all. <laughs> Sorry, I can't even read this. With a straight face. It's across the street from an Olive Garden next door to an Old Navy and a Chick-fil-A. It's five minutes from Furman University, not exactly Beirut. Do we have the I'm just lucky to be alive uh, audio? Can we play that? I mean, I, I don't know how J-Mart's still alive, to be honest. Uh, where do we have the audio? We don't have that one. I thought we had it saved. Uh, we'll get Jay Mart's uh, response to uh, to his uh, hero- heroism uh, in the final segment of the show. But first, uh, Britt McHenry joins us. Uh, Britt McHenry coming on to uh, to talk. But you you, uh, you covered the NFL for a long time. Does it surprise you that Jason Witten would go straight from the NFL into the broadcast booth in Monday Night Football? Or since we have the five previous Cowboys who have all gotten prominent roles in the media, do you just kind of expect it at this point? I... Uh... Well, hello, everyone. Yes. Um, I, I, uh, I'm not surprised. It, you know, no matter what their record is, it's still always America's team. They still have crazy ratings through the roof. I, I, between him and Greg Olson, I read that Greg Olson ended up getting like $17.2 million from the Panthers to keep playing with them. So I don't know how much he was in contention for it. But I, I think he's a better option than Brett Favre. So... You know, any and anything they have, Clay, is better than what they had last year. So, congrats, Jason Witten. Uh, maybe they can make Monday Night watchable again. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what exactly into. And also, it's also a, a quality of the broadcast thing. Do you think? And then this is always a question that I think fans ask in general. Do you think anybody decides to watch uh, the games based on who's broadcasting them? No, but I, I think that it hit a low point last year. Uh, Sean McDonough just wasn't a good fit. Uh, you know, obviously John Gruden's really funny. I thought he, in, the, in the right moments he could be entertaining, but together it, it was palpable. I, I'm not. I'm not going to go on the air right now and, and officially report this, but I did hear it, it just wasn't really a friendly, um, a friendly interaction between them. That they didn't have that chemistry. At least that Gruden had with Rico, which was obvious on air. I don't think anyone does. I also don't think Clay, as we saw in the ratings, 
I think a lot less people are watching NFL games, and I think that given how crappy the Thursday night and Monday night schedules were, which now will be fixed with it, it Thursday night on Fox, but I think given how bad the schedule is likely to be, if the game stinks in five minutes, I don't think many people watch anymore with the internet and everything else that they have at their fingertips. All right, we're talking to Britt McHenry. You can follow her on Twitter at Britt McHenry. Before we get into topless cheerleaders with the Washington Redskins, uh, what about your Caps? They're up 2-1. Uh, what do you think happens in game four tonight? For, I, am, I am heated, Clay, that the NHL suspended Tom Wilson for three games. Okay, I, I could understand because he is a little bit of a, of a dirty, rough player. I can admit that, right? Like, I think if you're a fan of a team, Clay, you could at least say, I'm not that deluded that, like, he can be a dirty player. I can admit that to Penguins fans. So I could see if they gave him one game for, like, a cumulative, hey, he's taking some cheap, cheap shots here and there. But three games, Clay, I, the only thing I can say is the NHL wants the series to go to seven games because he conveniently would be back for a game seven. They want to see Sidney Crosby play as long as they can, if not to the next round, because if you if you breathe on Sidney Crosby, then you're getting a minor for two minutes. He's the golden boy. So I, I was mad about the amount of games, but you know what? I have a good feeling. I'm going to be watching tonight. I know I called them a factory of sadness last round because they often are. I have a good feeling. I mean, you've seen a little bit of their games, right? I know you're a Preds guy, but I think they're playing with fire this year that they haven't really had in other postseason. Yeah, we'll see what ends up happening. All right, a couple of uh, additional okay. questions for you before we get to the topless cheerleaders. <laughs> um, how well do you have to know a someone to try to save them from a lion attack? There was a lion oh. attack in South Africa recently. And we got into a debate on the show about how closely related or connected to someone you have an adult, because you might be more likely, hopefully, to try to save a kid. But an adult, mm-hmm. uh, how closely related? Like you are on a first date with a guy, and you guys are, let's say you're in Africa for some reason, and he gets attacked by a lion, a hippo, a crocodile, an alligator, or something. Do you make an effort to save him, or is he on his own? First date. Oh, I'm sprinting the other way. You're just leaving him. <laughs> Well, you obviously would now run the situation. So I'm just, look, I have some bad dates, Clay, but at the very least, I would hope we're not having a first date in Africa. So well, you I, may, I mean, let's, are you safe, are you let's say you're like Martin? covering the World Cup, because if you're willing to get on a plane and go all the way to Africa to go on a date, that would obviously be a pretty significant first date. So let's say like it's South Africa, you're covering the World Cup. You have just met a guy. He's asked you out. There's no game going on and you guys decide that you're going to go out to this South African-African safari. While you are there, the guy gets attacked by a lion. What do you do? Judging by some of my ex-boyfriends, Clay, if the lion is attacking him, I think at this point in my life I'm saying, you know what? They, they, see, they see something I don't. And then <laughs> judging by my track record, I'm going to put money on the lion. Um, I mean, you can't, you can't really get in the way of a lion. So... I think I would just let Darwinism and nature run its course. Now, what if you are married? Oh, and and like, let me, before I go before though? I go to marriage before I go to marriage, would you expect the guy to try to save you? Yeah, even if it's a first date. Yes, right. <laughs> it's a different standard. That's my argument. That the the boyfriend has a higher level of standard than the girlfriend. Certainly. Yeah, but 
for sure. You think civil? Think, you think chivalry should apply even in the face of lion attacks on first dates between men and women? Here I am, Clay. Just like I'm just, I'm just trying to get to like a check these days with the first date. So I can't really picture a lion attack, but I definitely expect chivalry. Uh, like I, I'm team alpha. I don't, I don't want this beta generation or you know the boy scouts dropping the name boy like i yes. want i want a man to be able to protect me and i think that he's expected to but if a lion is coming at him like good luck with simba i'm out <laughs> all right another big question for you do you think there is a bad neighborhood in america that is across the street from an olive garden a bad na- you know when i would cover bills games buffalo has a lot of olive gardens <laughs> crazy right yes they would have olive gardens and i would just take that moment to relive the 90s and you know what buffalo bills mafia you're you're fantastic neighborhood breadsticks for life you can't be a bad neighborhood if you have an olive garden that's my that's my theory uh all right now let's dive into the washington redskins cheerleader controversy we're talking to Britt mchenry can follow her on twitter at Britt mchenry for those of you who don't know the New York Times did a big expose on cheerleaders, and they continue to do more exposés on cheerleaders. In their most recent article, they focused on a Redskins trip to Costa Rica in 2013. Uh, and as part of the allegations from that trip, uh, they say that there were sponsors who were on that trip, that the sponsors were able to come see some of the photo shoots, that some of the photo shoots evidently were topless for their calendar. Now, you don't see any like toplessness in the calendar, but that they take the pictures, whatever, that the girls are trying to shield the guys from being able to see them, that there was also a, uh, a like late-night trip to some sort of dance club uh, in Costa Rica, and the girls went and had alcohol bought for them, and they felt like they were being pimped out as escorts. When you read this story, what was your reaction? So I am the last person on Earth, Clay, one of the last people that would defend the Washington Redskins. Okay, I, I used to cover them for the last decade. I've seen the inner workings of how they often handle reporters, how they often handle people associated with the team. So I'm throwing that out there for listeners because if anything, I've gotten a lot of criticism in DC because I'm hard on them. But when I saw this story, I I had a lot of questions and, and admittedly I'm going to put some bias out there that I, this isn't to say I I, I don't respect the woman. I I respect every woman. I'm going to say right now they have the right to do whatever they want with their body and dress the way they do. And if you're dressed provocatively, that doesn't mean that somebody can inappropriately touch you. Okay. And that seems like obvious to say clay, but of course it's going to be skewed on the internet with us. It just always is. So that goes, that's, I want to put that out there with that said, like, I find it funny that, that people are white knighting now and saying, Oh, these cheerleaders shouldn't be sexually objectified. What clay? Like, like cheerleaders were next to nothing on football fields. They knew that they were going down to a, to Aruba, to a foreign country to take a sexy photo shoot, right? These were 36 girls handpicked to take a photo shoot. Clay, I'm going to ask you this. When have you seen a cheerleading calendar where the girls weren't, you know, basically sort of posing like SI? This is this is my argument on that. Like if you are a cheerleader and my wife is a former NFL Titans cheerleader, 
yeah, you are getting that man. job because you have sex appeal, right? This is not an yeah. earth-shattering notification. Like, regardless no. of who the girls are, they are judged based on their ability to dance, but also on their sexiness. Like, the, i.e., you want attractive women representing your cheerleading uh, group. There's not a lot of overweight women running around in cheerleading costumes, right? Like, you're designed to be good-looking. No. It's competitive. And so my thing on this, when I read this, it's obviously being written by the New York Times in a way to try to make it seem that cheerleading shouldn't exist. But oh, I don't I don't know. So first of all, if you are in a photo shoot like the, the way the headline currently this morning when I woke up on ESPN was Washington Redskins cheerleaders forced to go topless in cheerleading photo shoot. First of all, that's not even alleged in the story. OK, I understand it's not a sexy story. I understand it's a sexy story to click like when you hear topless cheerleaders, like every guy on the Internet immediately like breaks his finger trying to click on that. He's like, I'm in, you know, like uh, immediately, like of all the if, I'm not sure there's a better two word phrase that you can put out there if you want immediate clicks than topless cheerleader. All right. Like that's going to do well regardless. But when you are doing these photo shoots, you have the choice to decide what you do and do not want to do. And so if you are on a public beach and you elect to take your top off for a photo, I don't know why people are surprised that guys who are also on that beach would be like, hey, I want to see what's going on over here. Now, I also understand why if you're getting your photo taken, you might not also want other people to see you because the photo is not actually going to show you topless. Maybe you're lying in the surf. Maybe you're halfway behind like a parasol or something. I don't know what the photo is going to look like. But you have the choice, right, to decide yeah. whether or not to take the top off, just like you have a choice about what bikini to wear or what swimsuit to wear. Well, a couple things, too. There, somebody actually put on Twitter, there was an article in the Aruba Daily of the girls' schedule for the week. So I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here that if the Aruba Daily has their itinerary going as late as midnight of scheduled events, that these girls knew what they were doing, okay, right? Like, the... I, that would be my assumption, number one. Number two, nobody is forcing you, to your point, Clay, to take a photo. And, like, I, I feel like all these words were skewed. Like, oh, they had to be escorts. No, like, this is what cheerleaders do at charity events. They go into box suites. They accompany rich men watching the game. Like, that's part of the, like, promotion. And, and also, I think imagery. this is interesting. Yeah, totally. And I also think this is interesting, the way it's being conveyed. You have probably been, I imagine, as just about every girl who listens to this show will have been, at some point out at a bar or restaurant or club with guys that you're with and you're like, eh, I don't feel like being here anymore. What did you do? Mm -hmm. You probably left, right? I yeah. mean, this idea that you don't have control or agency over your actions is kind of underlying everything here, and I just fundamentally reject that. If you don't want to take a picture or if you don't want to go somewhere with someone, then have the self-control and the self-worth to say, no, I'm not going to do that. That's your choice. And I don't exactly. understand why that wasn't focused on in the story, too. It's just perpetuating victimhood. And every, every story we see now that comes out, like, you're really telling me that one of these girls couldn't say, you know what, I'm either adamantly not doing this, this isn't what I signed up for, or, hey, I, let me run up two minutes up the hill of the beach to go, I just don't feel comfortable to, to put on my swimsuit. You're really telling me somebody in that crew is going to say, absolutely not, that's, that's not allowed. No, of course not. So also, too, people are saying, well, they took their passports. Yeah, if you're going on a huge trip with 36 girls, you're one of 36 girls, 
I, I'm guessing that there was like sort of a coordinator, a, a, a mom, quote unquote, of the group that said, hey, everybody, we're going to put, put these in a safe because the team didn't want to be responsible if somebody got left behind. But like uh, and the way also, it's in, it's, in the media. Yeah, it's in Costa Rica. I'm glad you mentioned that. When we checked, my wife and I did at a fantastic hotel, like a really nice place. They took our passports and we said, why do you need our passports? And they said, because we have such an issue of them getting stolen, even in these fancy hotels, we'd rather keep them for you in our safe behind the desk. We will give them to you when you check out. And they did. So I think that is kind of a common thing to happen in Costa Rica. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like the way that it's being portrayed is like this is another movie installment of Taken. Like Liam Neeson was like outside waiting for the girls. Yes. But it's like, you know, they had, I'm sorry, I don't, and also too, I actually know the man they listed in the story, Will William Teal, and his, his yacht, his boat in Georgetown. Clay, you know D.C., people listening, if you know D.C., the Georgetown waterfront is very tiny, right? And, and you can't really see you know, sail anywhere, go anywhere. Yes. It's just a couple of rich, wealthy guys who have yachts, maybe some women. I've only seen men who own the yachts. And literally, they're right by the restaurants. Like, you, they don't even leave the dock. I mean, I've, I've known a ton of people who've gone on these boats. I know William Teal. He's been completely professional with me. It's like, I'm sorry. America doesn't feel sorry for you that you went to a, a huge boat party. Like, you didn't have to go on the yacht. You didn't have to fly down all expenses paid to a beautiful island resort and take a photo shoot. Like it just it's and also last thing I'm going to say, the two captains, I believe they were captains, but there were two off the record women on that trip who said this basically was no big deal. Like if you're an anonymous source, wouldn't you have all the power in the world clay to just bash the organization if this was really going on? Like they they didn't have their names attached to it and they said no, that didn't happen. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Thank you for coming on, breaking down this story for us, Britt. Good luck to your caps tonight, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. All right, thank you. Final segment of the show up next. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Earlier in the hour, if you haven't listened, you need to go back to the podcast. We heard a remarkable attack in the Animal Thunderdome. I guess that was at the end of Hour 2, right? We had the attack from the lion at the end of Hour 2. At the beginning of Hour 3, we were discussing behavior at dates, and J-Mart said said that he saved a first date from near death in a dangerous parking lot outside of a movie theater. I immediately said, wait a minute. Movie theaters are typically not built in neighborhoods that are insanely dangerous, right? In general, people walk outside of movie theaters at night And it would be an awful decision to put a multiplex movie theater inside of a awful neighborhood when people are coming in and and backing out oftentimes at night. So I immediately called into question that. Tons of you in Greenville, South Carolina have emailed. They are now saying this is across the street, the movie theater in J Mart's dangerous neighborhood is across the street from an Olive Garden, next door to an Old Navy and a Chick-fil-A. It's five minutes from Furman University, not exactly Beirut. Since that time, we have also had another one of our listeners just sent me, and J. Mart's tagged in this. Look at the ghetto neighborhood. One mile away from this movie theater is a house for sale for almost $900,000 in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm calling BS on the dangerous neighborhood part of this story, not even to mention that it didn't sound like that dangerous of a story to begin with. J-Mart was triggered. He was upset. He immediately attacked me 
and said that I was trying to appeal to Trump supporters. Would you like to rephrase your description of the neighborhood in any way, or do you stand by this Greenville, South Carolina neighborhood? And before we go to that, I want to go actually to L.A. In general, would you agree with me that if there is an olive garden, it's not appropriate to call it a bad neighborhood? I'm not an expert on like every city and every jurisdiction in the country, but can anybody point to me an olive garden in an insanely da- dangerous neighborhood in the country. In general, guys, Olive Garden is not known for deciding to put their businesses in dangerous neighborhoods. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, not, I can't think of any uh, ghetto Olive Gardens. I mean, do you hear very often, I was going in to get some garlic breadsticks, and then I just got shot. That doesn't happen very often. In my experience, there's not that often that you have, like, a major gun battle go down inside of an olive garden. People like guys like I just uh, one minute I was trying to get the never ending pasta bowl. Next minute, dead. Like I, it's not Godfather here, right? It's We're not, not talking not, about not a lot Waffle of murders. House. It, oh, just yeah, that's maybe too soon. Racist. Uh, maybe too soon. And also, your attack of Waffle House. I think karmically you created this by saying like Waffle House is an awful place. Waffle House, maybe the greatest place in America. Uh, Jason Martin, what do you have to say to defend yourself? First off, it's really ignorant to assume that something can't happen just because you think it's safe there most of the time. Second of all, so, the no, time no, no, frame. No, pause, no, 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 no. I'm going to no, defend you, myself. You, Shut up. No, listen no, to me. Listen you to me. 2007, there was no Olive Garden. bad things can't happen in good neighborhoods. You specifically said that this was a dangerous it neighborhood. It was a bad neighborhood. How many people are you going to cherry pick that just worship at the altar of Travis that don't have any objectivity whenever you say anything ridiculous? You have no idea what you're talking about. In 2007, there was no Chick-fil-A. There was no Olive Garden. I didn't no, say this it guy was says the Olive Garden. I said it was a deserted parking years. lot and a dude walked There's up There's a $900,000 house beside a mile from this movie theater. And? And? I don't think there was at that time. First of all, even if there was, that doesn't mean that what I'm saying is illegitimate. Nor did I say I was heroic. I just said in a situation, I have stepped in you front said it was of a, a woman da- that I barely knew dangerous to help her. I said that it was not the best part of town. Oh, somebody to a late night movie on a first date. You have because any respect for women? That's where she wanted to go. She wanted to have see some, that. And have that's some the only respect for women, at. Jason Martin. Just don't take him out late night. You I probably want him to. to show. God, I just I I feel so bad for all the all the women out there having to go to these dangerous seedy neighborhoods. It's awesome when you don't know about gardens. stuff, but you act like an pasta, expert. You know, pasta, like the NBA. pasta, pasta, pasta. Jason Martin so triggered, so worked up. We'll see if he's still around tomorrow. This is Outkick, the coverage. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 